Yes. Yes, we're back. It's your boy, Eduardo Jackson, CEO, founder, creator of the Cinema Draft Game. Welcome back to the Cinema Draft Podcast, where daily fancy sports meets the movies. It is my pleasure. It's my privilege to introduce to you a newbie to the pod. You know him as Drew.Zod from the site. He actually had his very first cash this past weekend. He, I, I believe he's the official science guy of the pod. It is Julian Smith. What's going on? Oh, hello, sir. Thank you for the invite to the podcast. Hey, let me say it is an honor to be here. And I am so happy to say that I'm here. Having finally broken into the top 10. My call sheet finally did a little something. Yes. And, you know, uh, two weeks ago, I was really high on myself because on the preliminary, I think like on Saturday when it came out, I was like number four. I went partying in the weekend, dropped all the way down to number 13 come Monday morning. Yes, my apologies. So so just for those of you who have been playing or are new to the game, I'm sure you've noticed we've had some discrepancies over the weekend with our uh, with our weekend estimates and, and our Friday estimates. Uh, we're working on, on fixing that. But in the meantime, you know, you're always in it until the very until the very last day, until actually, quite honestly, until you until you see the, the tweets or the Facebook posts saying that scoring has been finalized. Cause I do have to do some hand scoring still. It is a bitch, but oh. you know, Oh, hand scoring. Yes, hand scoring. Yes, uh, manually scoring each and every call sheet. It's what I do for you, the people. But yes, congratulations on your very first cash. And why don't you tell the people how you know me? How do we know each other? Uh, so we met this this uh, last winter at a Christmas at a Christmas party held by friend of the pod. Yes, the official therapist of the pod. As much as she fights it, Nicole Ward. Yes, that's right. And uh, the way that I met her was. Um, through my college roommate, Dan Meehan, uh, got married to her friend, Robin, and we first met at their wedding. So that's how we know each other. All right, excellent. And, and so I did call you the official science guy of the pod. So, so what is your occupation? Because I'm not uh, sure I really know. So my occupation, um, uh, by trade, I'm a chemical engineer. And day-to-day okay. um, -day basis, I'm in engineering sales, project management, and chemical water treatment. And Close enough. Yes, you are the official science guy of the pod. All right. So, and our drinking game tonight will be the. And actually, I, I, I'm looking at the rundown. I totally forgot to put in a new one. So, the drinking game, drinking word, the, the drinking game word of the night tonight will be reality because we're going to get into some different ish this week, um, some alternate ish, you might say. And let's go right into one of my favorite segments of the pod. It's what I'm watching. And yes, and I'm sure we might have some overlap this week with what I'm watching because I'm pretty sure it might be what you're watching. The first thing I'm watching this week, damn it, it's The Defenders. Have you been watching The Defenders, Julian? So I am through The Defenders all the way through episode three. Oh, um, oh. So a little background. That's what you need to see, by the way. The third episode is one you need to see. Yes, go ahead. I'm comic book guy. I'm science fiction guy. And in my world, the Defenders has always been Doctor Strange, the Incredible Hulk, Namor, and the Silver Surfer. However, now what they've done is they've taken heroes for hire and called them the, the Defenders. No problem. I get it. That's what you got to do for Netflix and for the mass media. Um, however, I did not make it through Iron Fist. Oh, yo. <laughs> you, it was a struggle. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows it was a true struggle watch. 
Shout out to G Nice from the tripod. I struggle watch it, but I did get through. So yeah. So how far into Iron Fist do you make it? Because I'll you know we can help each other. Out. I made it. I think maybe four, four maybe five episodes. Mm. And you know the thing is. Jessica Jones tore through it. What they did with the Purple Man, they making it taking a B level, C level villain, making him a prime star was wonderful. Um, Luke Cage was Luke Cage. I, I was gonna watch that regardless. Uh, Iron Fist, so bad, so bad. I I, I got I went through. I, at first, I was like, I didn't think it's that this bad, and then it got bad, and then I struggled, and I quit. I got to like maybe episode eleven. I took like you know a few months off then because I'm dedicated to the can. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna get through this. Damn it, I'm gonna get through this. And I will say this: it's it is a terrible series. Marvel and Netflix know it's a terrible series, but from a plot standpoint, it did somewhat help to get through it. But I mean, basically, all you need to know is that he goes back to Kunlan. Everyone's slaughtered because he wasn't there guarding the gate, and so he feels hella guilty. Yeah, so so I watched the first few episodes of Defenders. Uh, I kind of got it, saw where they're going with the hand and with um, uh, with Electra coming back and the Black Sky, whatever they called it. And I, I just wasn't compelled to binge watch it like I did the, uh, the first two series. But I'll probably finish that up this weekend. Yeah, terrible fucking movie. Anyways, yeah. So, but yeah, but the Defenders though, and so I, I won't spoil uh, too much. Except if you are through episode three, you definitely have some stuff to look forward to. And 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 I, in my rundown notes to say it was a slow start because it basically you're, you're take, they're taking on a challenge that I've never seen you know in a TV series before. You're basically having four distinct you know uh, superheroes or leads from their own series, which all had four different styles. Trying trying to combine into one and so it doesn't quite figure out what it's what the style of this series you know itself as a standalone is until about the the fourth or fifth episode and so and 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 so you, you're kind of tracking these individuals separately and then you do see them come together in this in the second half to the end of the of of the second th second or third episode and then you're like okay now this is what i wait to see and when they get together, like Voltron, it is some shit to see. But it's very interesting because they, I mean, they're, I mean, just like how those series were all four separate different things, they're very four separate distinct personalities, and they constantly fight the idea of team. With, with the difference between, like, the Avengers, also Marvel property, where you see them, you know, they, they team up, and, like, yes, they begrudgingly come together, but they're, they, get, they get together. Here, they're always fighting the notion of team because they're very four strong personalities. So I think you'll really like it. And, and the, the fight scenes, when they're all together, are just off the rip. So I, I, I end up, I start off slow, but I end up really loving it so you're you're in for a treat it's only eight episodes so you're almost there you know and, and what they did uh early on which i really appreciate is that uh in the vein of marvel team up and all your kind of uh, superhero crossover um comic books the two heroes first when they first come together there's a misunderstanding they have a fight and then they resolve it and go after the bad guy so in this yeah. case it went a lot faster because night nurse um went ahead and she she knew who iron fist was and just got on the phone and called him and told him to come over <laughs> you know, yeah, Claire, Claire Temple, aka Rosario Dawson, the connective yeah. tissue in this uh, Marvel television world. Yes, yes. yes. So, love me some Rosario. And I will say this though, uh, and, and, and so uh, dropping a little gem for you, there is a Wu Tang themed um, a fight scene ahead, which is oh, I've heard. exciting, exciting as hell. And then, and Iron Fist is just a freaking problem. I mean, the kid needs to learn how to laugh. He, he goes around telling everybody, "Listen, 
I am the immortal Iron Fist. Okay, we heard you the first time, dude. We get it. No one knows what the hell that means. Shut up and just like you know, either get down or get lost. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. So, the Defenders is one is definitely one of the things I was watching this past weekend. Uh, last night, or maybe it was I think it was a couple nights before I was working and had on this doc the mockumentary on Netflix called Undecided. Have you heard of this movie? If it's what I'm thinking about, it was a movie put out uh, right during the election, early on in the election, and they took kind of two guys, a mockumentary, yeah, because they took these two guys who truly were undecided and kind of just went through all the candidates, and I guess they were trying to change their mind, or I think at some point they're trying to put pin them against each other, or... Yeah, I, I was, so, so you, you saw it. You actually watched it. You sound like yeah, you, I watched it. It was probably on in the background, but I remember it. Yeah, no, and it's it's funny because I mean these, <laughs> I mean now there are a lot. There's so many like postmortems and stuff after the election and how you know Trump win, blah blah. This was this took like a Borat style type of of thing where you're dropping in like these actors into these real life situations and it's making a mess. And it's funny because the, these guys actually got real life coverage of their antics and their gaffes. Like, I mean, like, so what one, one segment has them like, you know, it, it, they basically go meet every candidate. That was like their goal. They start off in the primaries, met like all 17 uh, Republican candidates or whatever. And it's really funny watching them like just start stirring shit up along the campaign trail. And they made real news. They made actual real news. They see all these clips of them like making news throughout the the, the show. It's called Undecided, and it's fun. It, it, it's funny. It's a it's it's a mockumentary. There's a lot of uh, gas and stunts. Uh, settle for Hillary. They made these t-shirts like okay, settle for Hillary. You know, or or they were disrupting. Donald Trump's MAGA events. I mean, the guy actually got Donald Trump to respond to himself. Got got kicked out of numerous functions. It was it was pretty cool. It was, it was fun. It, it it it's not nearly as hilarious as the Borat movie, um, but uh, but it's it's in that style like Borat and Bruno type movies. Um, and what else? Uh, oh God, do we have to talk about Power? Do you watch Power? Yes, I do. Uh, uh, quick shout out to my godwife, the kid's godmother, who got me stuck on Power. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, I will say this right now. Raina, Raina, Raina. I, I hate Tariq. I hate Tariq. This is gotta be the dumbest. Is thing. he the is he the worst TV child of all time? Because he I mean, he's in he if he's not the top up he's right neck and neck with Joffrey Baratheon. He is the worst. The absolute worst, and he drives me nuts. Oh my god, I can't Look, stand that kid. I'll give him a slight pass. And I say only a slight pass because Raina could be dead. All the way to the last season, the last episode of the season, if Tariq simply tells Tasha, uh, Raina says she's at her friend's house, one knows she can stay there for the night. And is that okay? Because Tasha falls for that shit all the time. Oh, all the time. All the time. She, she's asleep at the wheel. She's too busy trying to get more mm-hmm. house, dude, which offended me to know. And that a herb like that is wearing my school colors. Couldn't stand that. Wearing them proud. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I, that just, that really. Oh boy, that that really, um, yeah. So for those of y'all who watch Power, if you don't, spoiler, spoiler. I mean, well, if you do watch Power, you should have already seen this. It was trending as early as Saturday night. But Reyna, like, I I, I didn't realize there were twins because he seemed a lot bigger than her. But I guess there were twins. Um, the twin, the twin daughter, Reyna, was killed because Tariq is on some fuck shit, and it really pissed me off. Oh, it pissed me off. That kid is just so unlikable. He makes stupid decisions. And I'm really, I mean, and I love how accessible Courtney Agbo Kemp, the 
the creator and showrunner of the show is about most stuff. But I, I mean, even she has to know that, okay, whatever y'all do in that writer's room, and I'm, that actor, maybe he's like a really good actor. He probably is, but we cannot stand that kid. That kid, Tariq, is messing up left, right, and center. And they keep saying, oh, it's a family of lies, and that's what he does. And I, I get all that. But I mean, he is, un- I mean, like, seriously, he because he's so semi intentional about it. That's what makes it worse. At least Joffrey knew like, I'm a monster. I'm leaning into it. It's what it is, you know. It's, it's my nature. This guy is like he it's like he's smart to know the difference and he still makes stupid decisions. Oh, it's just oh. So, I, I, think, I think this is Tariq's motivating factors. He's got he's got a few of them. Number one, his dad is ghost and he's heard so much about what a bad guy his dad is. So he's kind of trying to live up to that. Number two Let's say it's genetic because his dad ain't exactly a good person. Neither his mama. No, he's just doing what he knows. He's probably heard a lot of stuff growing up, especially hanging out with Uncle Tommy. So that's fine. And number three, he's this, you know, they, they, they were making fun of him pretty much for being, for being preppy boy and prep school boy and all that. And so now he's kind of like out to prove a point that, you know, well, you know, I could be a thug too. And especially when he's, he's hanging out with Slim. And, he's and, so not thug. He's so not hood. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. But. You know, he's at the end of the day, he's he's still, you know, trying to be that person who's like as bad as or worse than his dad, and like, oh yeah, Slim, you think my dad was bad? Well, watch me, and he's just now ended up getting the sister killed. It's wilding out, man. Oh, he just, he just want, want to put hands on that little dude. So anyway, so it's it's been it's been an interesting season. I mean, I wouldn't. You know, it's it's hard to to rank this season per se. Last season I thought was kind of weird. Of course, the first two were, were were straight fire. This one was fine. This one I think is probably third overall of the four seasons. But it's just, I mean, it's been I won't. I kind of have my notes as been a bit of an up and down season. It's mostly because tonally it feels like some stuff is just off because you know, and very famously they didn't they wanted or needed more episodes. Stars wouldn't give it to them. I think they're capped like ten episodes, some nonsense. It's their number one show. I've this is bananas. I mean, you'll hear HBO telling Game of Thrones, no, that's too many episodes. Don't give us more Game of Thrones. They're begging for more Game of Thrones. So Stars like, nah, you're gonna cap you at ten, even though they needed like twelve or thirteen to do the story justice. And so you got fifty as in 50 Cent, who also plays a character on the show, but is an executive producer uh, behind this joint, you have him out here throwing bombs on like, Instagram, like saying he leaked episodes of the, of the series should be getting stars. It's just drama everywhere, and I, it'll be very interesting to see what happens in the, in the off-season with this show, but it's just, it's just a, it's a really good show. It's, it's in its time. It's definitely captured to quote the WBW, the cultural zeitgeist, and I'm intrigued to see how they wrap it all up. I've been watching Power. I'm, I'm I'm really happy with this last season, um, simply because, quite honestly, my one pet peeve of the show, I really got tired of seeing Jamie's ass. <laughs> Every single episode, when, in the one episode when he went to jail, I was like, all right, he's in jail. <laughs> but tired of seeing him doing road work, huh? <laughs> Yeah, no, no more of that. Yeah, so yeah, so Jamie ain't getting none. It's funny because you see, you see Angela wavering a little bit. Like she's looking fine. He's all suited and booted. They have that moment on the stairway at the at the gala or whatever, and she, you can see she's she's wavering a little bit. But even she can't be that dumb. Yeah, that's funny. There, there's actually um, I think there's like oh, a, she will be. She thinks so. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, once you once you go crack that 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 black crack. <laughs> And uh, and of course and of course we have to do our obligatory Game of Thrones watch. Um, did you? I'm sure you're you're up to speed on Game of Thrones. You I'm sure you watch with everyone else. It's the show of our times. You know what? I do not. 
I am waiting. I am waiting for the end of the season to binge watch all the episodes back to back to back to back. So you haven't seen any of them. I have not seen. I, I, I've heard the spoilers. I've heard people talking about it. Whatever. And it's, red wedding, all that good stuff. Yeah. As an old Dungeons and Dragons player, I can definitely tell you that an ice dragon does blow ice. It does <laughs> hold your opponents for plus six, uh, whatever your role is on the round, and then it attacks you with claws and wings. Interesting. Okay. We might have to bring you back after you've seen Game of Thrones and see like a whole Game of Thrones fight. Your mind will be just blown. Just blown to smithereens. Um, okay. And so I guess in, in light of that, we'll just say, yes, I am looking forward to seeing what the hell an ice dragon does because that shit was just... It was heartbreaking. It was crazy. I, I'm at the point now where I watch it in real time and I, and I live tweet it with, with the people. And then later, then like late that night or early tomorrow, the next day, I'll go rewatch it. You know, no, no devices just to absorb everything I missed. And it's, it's just, oh my God, it's so good. Julian, it's so good. It's, it's a, tr- and I'm sad that this Sunday is going to be like the last one. I mean, I'm trying to think. Do I have? I I do have. I do have a guest lined up for next week's pod, but we might just have to clear up the lane for like, like. I'm, I'm sure it's gonna be 80 minutes. That's damn near movie length. It's gonna be 80 minute episode. I can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. It's gonna be nuts, bananas. And if you, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, you probably won't even be able to. I mean, there'll be so many spoilers out there that you probably, probably will just kind of wash right over you. So if you haven't watched or seen the context, but I'm sure some crazy shit's gonna get down. You can have everyone in the same place for the first time in pretty much in series history. I'm excited. My my body is ready. My body is ready. <laughs> uh, and oh, and real quick, uh, and I, I've been watching this show on Netflix called White Gold. It's uh, BB, I think it's a BBC production. Definitely very British production about okay. Essex. As in, as in uh, England, Essex, England salesmen who sell um, uh, was like uh, uh, vinyl was it vinyl window sidings in 1983. It's very kitsch. The music is so 80s. Um, every all these suits are double breasted. It's Ed Westwick for that dude from um, Gossip Girl, which I never watched, but he's got a very, very he's got a very I wouldn't say unique, but but a very douchey look, which plays right into uh, into this show, and it's really good. It's only six episodes. You can knock it out like in an evening. Have you have you seen anything uh, about White Gold? It's in my feed on Netflix. Um, as far as what's trending and what you know what's recommended for me, so it's on the list. Yeah, it's good. Like I said, it's only six. They're already renewed for a second series, as the British say. So second season's coming uh, next year. So yeah, you can invest in it. It's, it's fun. It's breezy. It, it plows. I mean, it's only half an hour. You know, they're only half hour episodes, and it plows through plot like nothing. So I think you enjoy it. Very, 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 very British. So British. Uh, <laughs> and, and I guess we have to look forward to Narcos coming up, too. I think that's this weekend, or actually the weekend after, I think, the September 1st. So a lot of good stuff coming down the pipe. It's what we're watching. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, what, what else are you watching? What, what three things uh, are you watching? Hey, so on the regular, I'm watching the usual stuff. Ballers, Insecure, and Snowfall. Uh, really enjoyed Snowfall. Uh, it started picking up some steam. They discovered crack. He discovered crack. This is going to be very interesting. I, I'm, I'm really hoping they don't end up painting themselves into a historical kind of storytelling corner. We'll see how that goes. Um, stuff I'm catching up on. <laughs> so, some of your fans, uh, I had never watched Ray Donovan, so I'm catching up on Ray Donovan. Uh, I did. I struggled watch the first season. That was good. I was yeah, good the first episode I was like, eh, and it started getting better. 
Um, and classic movies for the very first time this weekend had a date night and I was taken to rooftop cinemas. Oh. I was taken to see The Godfather. What? You know what? Uh, man, this is this might get me fired from my own podcast. Um, I, <laughs> when I, so I spent a year in acting school, the professional actors program at uh, DePaul University. And I remember going there and we we're all talking movies, whatever. And, and someone asked me about The Godfather. I said, I haven't seen it. They were they were just aghast, like, what? We're talking like 1997, right? They're like, what? So they're like, all right, here. You know, he gave me like his, his DVDs of The Godfather. I watched the first one, but I don't remember anything about it. So I, and it's it's on that list of like, I need, I just need to watch trilogy. I, I feel, I feel incomplete as a cinephile. I really do. It's, it's like when people ask me if I've, if I've read Catch in the Rye. I've got a freaking English degree. I've never read Catch in the Rye. One <laughs> class of reading Catch in the Rye, we were reading like Chosh and some other stuff. I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I read The Great Gatsby, but Catch in the Rye. So. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, private school education failed me. So, yeah, so same thing. So, yeah, I haven't seen The Godfather. So, good for you. Well done. What did you think of The Godfather? What do I look forward to? You know what? I enjoyed it, and I got all the – from all the various movies I've watched and all the, you know, references to The Godfather and making them offer you can't refuse and all that, you see where the, that all comes from. So, it was good. To, and the story was pretty good also. Um, okay. It, like in each one of these mob movies, they're not very kind to black people, but – <laughs> but you know, I, I watched the movie and enjoyed it for what it was. Um, and, and a rooftop joint, huh? So, I mean, I, I mean, it's been a few months since I've been to L.A., but God forbid I get a date again. I mean, if I'm out there, what's 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 that spot? You know, hook a brother up. What, what, was, what was that spot looking like? What was, was that on top of like, the standard, or what was that? Uh, it was on top of actually of a, of a uh, temporary living slash hotel called Level, um, I think off of, uh, off of Grand and Eighth. Somewhere around there, and yeah, nice. Yeah, so what they do is they just set up a bunch of beach chairs, and you sit up there. It's like silent disco. You put on the headphones. And oh, yeah, that, that's what's up. Yeah, good, nice one. Either if that was if that was your idea or or their idea, you know, good job them. You know, that's, that's a great shout, look. Shout out to Shayla Brown for taking me out there for a wonderful date night, and um, enlightening me on one of the classics. Now all I've got left is like Casablanca. And Maltese Falcon. I'll start working on those. Seen Casablanca. That was straight. Have not seen the Maltese Falcon. My dad, that went to the list. All right, that's good stuff. Good stuff. So, so, I'm going to catch up on uh, Midnight Texas and American Gods. Yeah, I, I tapped out on American Gods in the fourth episode. It, it looks real pretty. Let me tell you, it looks real pretty. I have no idea what the hell was going on with that show. But you know what? Maybe you'll have to give us a report from the frontier. I I, I just, I mean, and, and, we, and we live in an age, too, of what they call it like the golden age of TV or whatever. But it's true. There's so much good stuff out there. I refuse to struggle to watch anything that I don't really want to watch. Unless, of course, it's Iron Fist as part of the Defenders. But yeah, Jared, but yeah it's, it'll be, I mean, feel free. You know, finish that out. I, I couldn't do it. It's so much good TV on. I, I just couldn't do it. Well, but, what I will tell you, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Neil Gaiman, and I'm, I mean, I read the books and I heard the audio book. Oh, okay. All right. So you got, like, got basis. But much like Stephen King, a lot of stuff doesn't translate to the screen. Fair enough. That's yeah, why, I, I mean, that's why Tommy Knockers struggled as, as, a, as a movie, you know? So there's some stuff that just does not translate, and, you know, you kind of got to live with it or just be really creative about it. 
hey, well, if you like it, I love it. You know, if you get through that, more power to you. I, I've got to, I still give generally shows three episodes, like new shows, three episodes to kind of prove their worth or, or to, to latch their hooks in me. But yeah, I've had to move on. But that, it, it, I'm, glad you're, I'm glad you're seeing the diversity stuff out there because you will bring a diversity of opinion to this podcast. And as a matter of fact, the topic of this, and actually, no, sorry, wrong effect. Here we go. Yes. Now let's launch into, let's launch into the meat of this podcast this week. The topic was self-selected by Chemical Julian himself, <laughs> uh, the, our official science guy of the pod. He has an intense interest in the top five alternate universe films that are out there. So, and this is going to be very interesting because the rules might be a little bit out there. What qualifies the alternate universe, whatever, we'll figure it out together. And basically the general rules of of the, the game for this podcast is someone names an alternate universe film. We alternate picks. Once that someone picks that movie, it is out of play. So as you're my guest, and this is your brainchild, and I'm scared yeah. because I know exactly what my top number one alternate universe film is, but I'm going to, you know, see it over to you. Go ahead. Tell me, tell me what first is your top alternate universe movie and I will get, and I'll fire up the screen share so everyone can enjoy. All right, before I give you my top pick, I've got to go through a few honorable mentions. Okay. And all the honorable mentions are two. Oh, 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 oh. oh so you're, you're, disc you're going through all the honorable mentions before you've got to start? I, no, you can't disqualify stuff first. No, no, no. You can't knock movies out the frame before you start. No, 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 We'll save it for the last. We'll save it for the last. We'll save it for the last. If, if I don't get there, you can save it for the last. This is already going to be struggle enough for me anyways. You can yeah, all right. I picked all TV shows. I didn't pick any <laughs> honorable mention. But, all right, so what's your first one, though? What's your first my one? My first pick? Yes. I, I owe this to, uh, as, as, as we go full circle, uh, my ex-college roommate, Dan Meehan, I got back from grad school. He's like, you got to watch this movie starring Jet Li. It's called The One. Oh, okay. I, I've either heard of this or seen it, but go ahead. and, and uh, you and, have not seen it, you are doing yourself a disservice. I think I have Jet seen it. Lee, All right, go ahead. Jet Li starts off pretty much as a, as a temporal cop. And they're going after one of his uh, uh, one of his alternate universe doubles, who's figured out that hey, if I kill my doubles throughout the multiverse, I'll get stronger and stronger. And so that's what his that's what his alternate is doing. He's going through the universe, killing all of his alternates. But each time he kills one, all the other alternates get stronger. So it kind of makes it harder for him to kill each subsequent one. So finally, good Jet Li and evil Jet Li do battle, and. The bad Jet Li does get subdued. They can't put him in a jail. So what do they do? They put him on, um, they put him on on a hell a hell planet universe, the Hades universe, I guess, uh, called Stygian, and they banish him to the prison planet, the prison world, and the film ends with evil Jet Li standing on top of a temple, surrounded by guys who are trying to kill him, and he says, "I am nobody's bitch." <laughs> All no the whole movie. Well, and, you know, and I, I mean, this looks hella familiar. I, I can't tell you for the life of me what, what it's about. I mean, I take your word for it. But, yeah, it, this looks super familiar. Definitely looks like a movie I would have seen in the theater. And it has Statham. So, so yeah. All right. I dig it. Um, it, it probably will, will remind you a bit about uh, Time Cop. Um, and, yeah, that was that was Jean-Claude Van Damme, right? Yes. Oh, oh 1994. I'm, I, I ride for Time Cop. And I made my mistake. <laughs> yeah. 
So, so, but definitely, yeah, the one, if you talk about parallel universes and seeing alternate versions of yourself, that one was great because he's got some really wacky alternate versions of himself. Okay, I can dig it. All right, so my, my first one, I'm definitely taking this one off the board. It's Back to the Future 2. Now, you're going to now, let's just let's no. get, get this clear up. All right, so while it's technically time travel, there is an alternate universe, so it totally counts. Because then he has multiple versions of himself and trying to, you know, avoid, you know, running to each other and occupying the same space, all sorts of stuff. So all that stuff applies because there is a multiple version of himself running around the same time he is. So I think, so, I mean, and it's my it's my damn show, too, so it's going to count. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so this, I mean, it's a classic. Everyone loves it, and I'm definitely taking this one off the board because if I didn't say it first, I'm sure it's going to be your second one or a really close. And, look, here, here it is. You see the, the different, you know, universe, no, the, the present 85 and the alternate 85, the one where Biff, you know, is freaking Donald Trump. Are we in the alternate universe right now? Come save us, damn it. Please yeah, save us. Universe right now. You know, I mean, and it's and it's just so good. It's just it, and even the v- version of, of the future that they have. I mean, we're technically living it. It's sad because where's my damn flying car? It's 28, 2017. Where's my damn ca- flying car? Anyways, even the version of the future still holds up. It still looks cool. We still even have some of this stuff, and it's just really. I mean, maybe once we get the hyperloop, we might be getting close to it. But either way, we don't. You know, this is a really cool version of the future. The alternate universe is definitely scary and the whole alternate versions themselves are pretty cool and i guess technically you could say the whole series i'm not going to you know take claim take claim take claim for the whole series but i mean he's always running into a alternate version of himself except for i think the one where except for three and, and three he doesn't really come up against himself but in the first one he runs into his like his uh younger self no no no, no that's right he was running into his, into his dad so this is the only one really that has like the alternate version of himself which that was really cool that the rules although a little fuzzy well defined and you know how i am about the rules just tell me what the rules are and i can rock with it they told you what the rules were so it was good so i really enjoyed back to future 2 oh such a great movie love this movie <laughs> okay, yeah, so the whole any, any any thoughts on it? I'm sure you've seen it. Oh yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, one, two, and three. In fact, that was on my list. That was my number four. Okay. And just the whole thing with the time loop and alternate versions of Biff and the Docs and themselves and all that. Yeah, it was great. Okay, good, good, good. All right. So what's your what's your next one? My next one came out recently. Uh, kind of more of a teen flick, but definitely follows the rules for this, and it was really fun to watch. And that was Project Almanac. Huh, okay. Project, you know what, and I, dang it, I, I think I had it like on my list on Netflix, something I, I was looking it up one day and I never got around to it, so, so please, school us on Project Almanac. So in Project Oh, Almanac. actually, no, I did see this. This is the one where they had, oh no, actually, no, I didn't see it. I was thinking, okay, I was thinking about the one where they had like the backyard party. Never mind, all right, go ahead. School us about Project Almanac, go ahead. So Project Almanac, um, you know, it, it's, it's pretty interesting the way they do it, the whole time paradox. Um, this guy's dad disappears. Um, he goes in the basement and kind of finds some time travel equipment, and they end up, they're kind of like some, of course, you know, we don't quite fit in teenagers. So they use time travel to, you know, win the lottery and make all kinds of predictions. They kind of find out that not everything really lines up the way it was supposed to. But as they make changes, people change, events have changed, um, relationships change because one guy was time jumping just to, uh, you know, try and get with this one girl. Um, and of course, as usual with movies like this, when you start using time travel for personal gain, um, <laughs> kind of collapse in on themselves, and it, it's it always ends up with, I'm in this really bad timeline. Let me go back as far as I can go to the very beginning to even really stop this from happening in the first place. And that's of course what they ended up doing. Um, but it was really fun, 
And, you know, they, th these kids kind of did what a teenager with a time machine might do, you know, try to win the lottery, go to the best concerts, get the best tickets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the really practical applications. I dig it. I totally dig it. Don't, don't do anything responsible with it, of course. Just don't try to really prevent any disasters. But, yeah. Now, and it was really fun. That's why I really enjoyed it. All right, no, I, I dig it, and and oh man, I, I think I need to see. I remember seeing the trailers, and I saw so many of the trailers. I felt like I'd actually seen the movie, but no, I, I like that. That that's that's dope. That's what's up. Uh, Project Almanac. All right, so my next one, you know, let's just take this off the board. It's hella obvious too, and I don't even know if it's the greatest, but it's so obvious. I gotta take it. It's Sliding Doors, and this movie is built around the idea of alternate universes, alternate realities. Basically, this woman's like, uh, yeah, well, there, there it is. Gwyneth Paltrow, a London woman's love, life, and career both hinge unknown to her on whether or not she catches the train. And then we basically see, and we be, see both where she catches the train when she doesn't catch the train. She has a totally different life, and it's. It really, I mean, when did this come out? 2001? Oh, 98. Okay, so, I mean, she was, I guess Gwyneth Paltrow's always been a bit of a deal. It's basically just when she's shot off coming off of a Shakespeare in Love or there or there and abouts, and she's like a really big deal. And it, it really didn't do what people thought it was going to do at the box office, but just the whole idea of, you know, what if my, you know, if a chance thing, you know, uh, changing the entire direction of your life really was kind of like a, a a little bit of a cult classic. So I I, I enjoyed it for that. It, it was fine. I don't remember too much about it, but it's it's so obvious. I just want to take it away before you got a chance to. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I've never seen it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I can't even say I totally recommend it. I just think it's kind of cool. <laughs> never saw it, but I've heard of it, and it, it definitely falls in the parallel universe genre. So at some point, I'll have to check it out. Okay. All right, that's cool. All right, so your third one. What's your third? What? Uh, you know, it it was something I kind of stumbled upon on Netflix. Um, probably recommended by IMDb, um, but it was kind of a. It, it must have been a cold film, a limited release, whatever. And it is called Coherence. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, I've I've never heard about this film. Do tell. So, let me tell you why this is such a great alternate reality movie. Um, totally falls in sci-fi. You've got um, you, you've got a group of friends, a group of college friends, um, kind of like having you know a, 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 a friend's dinner at a house, and uh, there's a comet passing by that night. Well, when the comet passes by, like the lights go out, and they're like, "Hey, we don't have any power, but hey, we see some lights across the street. Let's go across the street and." see if we can you know get some matches or get some help and so two people leave and what happens is those two people when they cross the street you're crossing this darkness and you're going into a parallel universe and they end up at the same house they just left but because these people in various universes act the same two people left that house and went to another one and there's about five different parallel universes i think at the end five or six and so you don't always end up at the one that so when you cross the darkness, you don't always end up with the one that you left. You end up at just another parallel universe. Um, and so, of course, there's like an argument, and they're you know, not trusting each other, and they're like, okay, we've got to write numbers down. And, well, how do you pick the right number? Because you know, if, if I pick the number five for this card, then, of course, my alternate would do the same thing. A lot of that going back and forth. And so what ends up at the end is um, the main chick in the movie, she's like in a, in a fight with her boyfriend, and she keeps crossing to other alternate universes and she finally finds one where she and her boyfriend are not arguing. So she takes her alternate self and like knocks her out and puts her in the bathroom and takes her place. And 
And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so then when the comet passes, you know, everything kind of resets, but it ends up with this two of her. I think her name was Emily. There's like two of her in that, in that universe, but she's the one who's awakened with her boyfriend. And it's just, it's really good story about them just passing through, trying to figure out which, which house they belong to, uh, which universe they're in, who's who, and, you know, like who's trying to betray each other. It, it was, it was really good in that respect. Okay. All right. I dig it. Coherence. Um, okay. So my, hmm. so I'm trying to figure out the exact rule. You know what? Screw it. I mean, like I said, this is my show. Damn it. We're going to do it. Uh, let's do, I, I, I mean, I'm going to do Inception because uh, it kind of plays with, it, I mean, it's, it's definitely some alternate stuff going on. It is the ultimate mind trip. I mean, you're basically going inside the mind and, and you are acting, he does actually see like a scene, you know, of like when his wife dies, or whatever, he actually sees that scene as right. if he's like, you know, not quite there or whatever, or like he's there, but he's like someone else. So, so yeah, so, so I, I'll say it, it, it plays by the rules and basically inception. I mean, it's just brilliant. I mean, Christopher freaking Nolan, I mean, the God, the goat. So basically for those who haven't seen inception and that is a you problem, not a, not a me problem. <laughs> it is, I, it, just first, first of all, this, this movie made a shit ton of money. I don't know how such a cerebral movie makes so much money and how his smart movies keep making so much money, but they do. It is incredible. So basically, it's it's a uh, so basically it, it's about like uh, it's in the, I guess like a, a near future or 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 a contemporary future or whatever where there's the ability to to hack into your mind where like this a portable actually like a, there's like a portable mind hack thing carry right. these little briefcases and and they're trying to hack into the mind of a uh, of, of a competing uh, CEO it's basically a big corporate espionage film gone awry and so basically they 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 big, do this big elaborate plan to hack into the mind of the CEO to steal uh, the plans or something you know and they use this like mind altering drug which basically puts everyone to sleep and while they're asleep they're basically going inside the recesses of of the host's mind or something and then they just keep going into then once they're under one level they go and take i guess uh, a drug to go another level deeper so you're going through multiple levels of like consciousness and things mean stuff and 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 stuff that happens to the outer body eventually like affects like the inner you know uh reality it drink hold on yep Okay, uh, and it's 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 a total mind trip. It does make sense. You have to pay attention. Oh my God, you got to pay attention. You to, and you have to watch it more than once. But it is phenomenal. I mean, it, uh, Marion Cotillard was great. Everyone's just great. Leo. I mean, it it it's a really 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 good movie. I enjoyed it. I I mean, I don't know if it's possible. I think it's underrated. But it's just an excellent movie. And this is the one. This is why I got so pissed when I saw the Doctor Strange stuff earlier on. Uh, at least the trailers was that this was the original yes, uh, movie that did the. The the, the, the shifting, yeah, like the, the folding of the of the streets and stuff. Don't don't be coming after my guy, Chris Nolan, like that. Get your own idea. Absolutely, they recycled it. Damn. I mean, now, now let me ask you this: you, you say you're a comic book fanboy, whatever. I mean, are they like folding like cities and 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 multiverse or whatever like that in the comic book? Because that was pissing me off. That made me so mad. It's, it's kind of funny. So in the comic books, you don't have like cities folding, but it's more like the MC Escher where you have. Um, various planes at various angles you know like you you walk in you walk in this door and then you exit at a 90 degree angle out you know around the corner things like that you know it's all about the bringing comic books to life and things actually in motion i think that's what they were trying to do um 
And Doctor Strange, quite honestly, I don't really think that the magic in the comics was portrayed that way. Uh, they were kind of taking some liberties and trying to do something special with it, which is fine. However, it looked a little bit too much like Inception, and that's where some people kind of took exception with it. Because with Inception, you know, at the end of the day, everyone's trying to say, "Is the top going to fall? Is it still spinning? Is, is he is he home? Is he you know another reality? Are those really his kids? Are they alive? You know the whole thing." Yeah. And strange, it was like, look at me, I'm doing magic and I'm entering dimensions. Like, full world. And that's a classic example of where the rules just felt like they're making up as it go along. That pissed me off. And so, yeah, and this is also the movie that, for American audiences at least, really, really made a big splash for Tom Hardy. And he's been working nonstop ever since. I mean, he's just awesome. Joseph Gordon Levitt, who we've liked for a while. I mean, it's just, oh, God, it's so good. So good. You know what? I might have to go see, I might have to watch this this week. I love that movie. I've got no Blu ray. Oh, so fantastic! Yeah, I, I think I I used to own it on Blu-ray, but then I moved and I went all digital, so I need to like like check Netflix or my archives, or whatever. But anyways, yes, great movie, Inception, uh, and definitely should apply to the multiverses or whatever. And that's my third one. So, what's your fourth one? So, for my fourth one, you know what? I, I've got a list of seven movies as my alternates. Okay. Uh, in case you kind of dug into my primary list, but 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 you but you can't you can't fire them all off on your fourth one. Got to the fourth one. But I, I've got one that's that's been an oldie but a goodie, and it's always been a favorite, and that is Run Lola Run. Nice, and you know it's funny because if you Google like alternate universe movies, Run Lola Run is on all of them. And, so go ahead. And Run Lola Run was fun because I remember the first time that I saw it, just went in not knowing what it was about, and it's just her making a different decision to do the same thing over and over. Um, it's the same girl from... Um, Franca Potenti. She, and this is this was her, at least her breakout um, for American audiences because she, yeah. she's like from Germany or whatever. And and I, I blame Gene Ice for this one. He really loved this one. He was telling me all about it. Go see Run, Run the Little Run. Made me watch a video. And I liked it. It was good. And and the one thing that sticks with you is the, the, uh, the soundtrack of her running. <laughs> if you think of the movie, you think of the music of her running the whole thing. And you know, it it was uh, somewhat. It, it was a low key heist flick, but it was really her just trying to um, um, get her guy the money that he needed before he was killed. And she just made different decisions along the way. And I think one was like getting on the bus versus um, running or taking the cab. It, yeah, it was it was really well done flick and very um, attention captivating. And you paid a lot of attention to the details of it. Okay, yeah, no, I, I dig it. Run all around. Um, so my next pick might, uh, you know, I, I mean, this, this this literally does deal with like alternate universes. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take it off the board regardless. I'm shocked you haven't said it already. It's the freaking Matrix. It's the Matrix. Okay. The red pill, the blue pill. It, I mean, this this has to qualify, right? It totally qualifies. I'm I'm gonna say it qualifies. Uh, so there may not be like a whole where I'm watching myself in this other universe type thing, but it is all about. Is this reality, drink, or is it not? And I, I dig that. It's, I mean, I mean, everyone's seen The Matrix. It's, it's canon. It's like if, if there was like a top, I don't know, fifty movies or, or most influential movies of all time, it's got to be on there because it gave us bullet time. First of all, why are we only? What's up with the the art? Okay, here we go. Can we, can we get a real photo and all, all this all the storyboard? Yeah, da, da. no. So it was because they gave us bullet time. The whole thing where of slow motion where you kind of like whirl around an object and seeing it in like 360 degrees and everything. It's really, really kind of cool. Um, it de definitely revolutionized uh, some stunt work in that aspect and action sequences. The whole red pill, blue pill thing. I mean, it's 
it, I mean, I'm sure it's like a Reddit favorite. Oh, you're on that red pill oh, stuff, you know, you're on the blue pill stuff, whatever. I mean, it's just basically about what is reality, what isn't. And I always forget, which is it, um, Julian? Is it the, which one's reality, the blue pill or the red pill? I always forget. Um, I believe the red pill um, wakes you up and the green pill, the blue pill puts you back to where you were. Okay, all right. So we want to be on that red pill. All right, yeah. So there, there's all that—the whole Agent Smiths, the the build of bending time and space thing, and I can dodge bullets and all sorts. You know, it's 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 really cool. It's a very influential movie. Very, I mean, the Wachowski. Well, back then, the Wachowski brothers. Now they're the Wachowski. Are they, so do they they both transition? Are they both? Uh, okay, yeah. So now they're. So Andy and something Wachowski now are, are now Lily and Lana Wachowski. Uh, they're both now uh, transgender. And they're still doing interesting stuff. I watched like maybe half of the first season of Sensei. I kind of dug it. It was really weird. Um, but yeah, that's the the Matrix. Yeah, got to have that up there. I mean, look at I mean, just the stunt work and stuff, all the wire work and the green screen. You can see all the cameras lined up there for bullet time and stuff. Really cool. Matrix. Gotta love the Matrix. What a what, what a franchise that was. Yes. All right. So so now so this this one I believe is your last one. Unload your clip. Follow block all of my future choices. Go so go ahead. This is my last one, and you know what? I'm gonna have to go with a sound of thunder. What? Okay. I'm that one. Uh, so, so, the sound of thunder, starring Sir Ben Kingsley. Um, so pretty much um, people. Americans have uh, decided to take um, hunting and expeditions to a, a whole new level uh, based on a, a Ray Bradbury uh, short film or short story. Um, they are now opening time tunnels to go in the past and you go on this, this particular walkway and you go there to hunt dinosaur or whatever, see the past. Well, of course, one guy gets scared. He steps off the walkway and he steps on a butterfly or kills an insect, and when they come back to the future, everything is screwed up. Um, and so it's, you know, like the um, nature is overtaking, the cities are being overgrown by vines and roots and everything else, and now it's one of those, hey, we've got to go back in time and try and fix this. Um, really good film. Again, it was a short story. Uh, they got turned into a film, which can be disastrous sometimes, but in this case, it worked out really well. Okay. All right. Dig it. Uh, and so, are you gonna mention all these? You say you've got like, all these honorable mentions that you just have to mention. Or what? You know, anyone you want to throw out there while we got you? So, so as far as honorable mentions go, so the TV shows I had were Sliders, of course, obviously. Okay. That was nothing but alternate dimensions. Oh, TV oh, shows. Yeah. I'm with it. Go ahead. Yeah, um, Justice League, the animated show, had Crisis on Two Earths and a Better World, which introduced the Justice Lords. Um, Star Trek had a whole bunch of alternate timeline episodes. Hey, okay, now we're back. Sorry about that. <laughs> so you were saying? <laughs> so I'll say, of course, all the Star Trek original series, Next Generation, 
Deep Space Nine, they all had the mirror, mirror episodes where they went to the dark universe. Um, the movies that I had that I gave for honorable mention, Deja Vu, starring uh, ah, Washington. Yes. yes. And, and of course, Groundhog Day, and as I said earlier, Edge of Tomorrow. Okay, no, that, that that's what's up. Uh, and I love Edge of Tomorrow, or also known as Live, Die, Repeat. Live, Die, Repeat, absolutely. Um, hmm, okay, so uh, that took a, a couple off the board for me. That's okay, that's okay. We, we can handle this. Um, you know what, I'm going to throw out there... Oh, okay, I don't think you mentioned this one. Groundhog Day, yeah? Yeah, that, that was one of the ones I kind of eh, let it go just because it was... He was doing the time loop thing, just repeating. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So, that, all right. So that one doesn't count. Then, then I think I have a backup. So the other one I was thinking about was uh, alternate reality. Yeah. I mean, uh, oh, time cop. Yeah. I mean, it's time travel, but he sees the alternate version of himself. It sees yes. how alternate versions of events, so it counts. And it's, I mean, that one, I think, has really gained cult appreciation over time. It really has. It's just oh, a good absolutely. movie. I mean, well, I would say it's a good movie. It's, it's an enjoyable movie. It's one of those, um, uh, what, what, is, what would uh, Bill Simmons' podcast call a rewatchable? It's just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's got rewatchable appeal. I mean, oh, man, Mia Sarah. Oh, what a heartbreaker. I mean, who wouldn't travel the time for her? I mean, look at her. She's so she's so 90s adorable. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme probably, I mean, I mean, that would take much. But his best role that he's had, maybe. Um, you know, time-traveling tra cop, going back. And, of course, like you say, when you go back in time, you always mess stuff up. But he does come into alternate versions of himself. There are, there are clearly defined rules. Can't Matter can't occupy same space, same time. That's right. Uh, yeah, very, very much uh, one part of the rules. And, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Time cop, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it, it's kind of funny. So I was really wondering if you were going to mention some movies I never saw, like Donnie Darko or Dark City. On the board, I didn't remember enough about them. So, so I kind of like Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, and, oh, you know, I guess that's five. So there we go. Okay. All right. So. <clears throat> So now that we, now we got to that portion, let's get to the heart of the game. Oh, let me take off the screen share. There we go. All right, here, right, we, here we go. And you're back. Oh, hold on. We get a little bit of an echo. Let me hold on a second. All right. Uh, okay, <clears throat> let's move forward. All right. So basically, uh, for those who are new to the podcast, what is Cinema Draft? It is the fancy sports version of the movies. Instead of drafting athletes from teams, you're drafting actors from movies. How their movies perform at the North American box office can earn you points your call sheet of actors while competing against others for fun and prizes. You draft 10 actors who are assigned a dollar value salary. You have 100,000 in budget to try to draft all 10 actors. Must be 10, no more, no less. You have three release types of movies, wide release, 2,000 screens and up, limited release, 501 to 999 screens, and platform release, 500 screens or below. You must draft at least one actor from each of these types of films. You have two headliners per film. And headliners points are worth 40% more. For example, Suicide Squad, if that earns 100 million over a weekend, at one point per million per uh, box, at one point per million in box office per actor, Margot Robbie would get 100 points, while Will Smith, as a headliner, would get 140. It is free to play. We have over 200 dollars of prizes week plus 25 dollar bonus to the highest scoring call sheet. And so we are going to get into what I call the shot list. 
second and uh, screen share for that. And, and let's talk about your caution real quick. Your 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 great victory. This well, I would say victory, but you did cash. It was a personal victory. Talk about <laughs> talk about your experience. What what did you do differently to get in the money this week? Ah man, so what did I do differently? I, so I will tell you. Um, after kind of going into blindly for a while, I started to consult Box Office Mojo. Um, I still kind of threw the dice on some movies. Like, for example, the Emoji movie had to go. Um, I, I knew that Girls Trip was should still be able to pick up some money. And then um, some, some new movies were coming out. So, you know, you go for what's new and then you kind of look at what are some niche, niche films, um, so, so like your platform, your limited release, that have some well-known names who are starring in them, which, you know, not everyone's going to go see The Hitman's Bodyguard. Some people are going to go see, uh, like, for example, so um, um, the, the Big Sick. Yes, I which thought, I actually saw this past weekend, yes. The Big Sick, I thought it would be kind of like on parallel with The Namesake, and The Namesake I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, mm -hmm. Also, a lot of these kind of like you know the, the Bollywood movies are doing big money. They're doing big things here in America. They've got a they've got a they've got a, a group, you know that that's going to go see those movies and raking them in. And then also you've got your kind of you know your Americana kind of you know limited release issues, uh, limited release movies which are going out and you know and people are going to go see them. So not 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 everybody's going for big budget, but then you get some juggernauts like Wonder Woman that are just I mean just blowing up for we got weeks on the time. Yeah, so so a little bit of research goes a long way, is what you're saying. I mean, and that's that's what we've seen from the from our best players or top players. There, I mean, once again, I I can't badger this enough. The group chat, it's free. We're giving away a game for free in there. And if you've noticed, I mean, almost every week, the the the, the top performers, almost all almost all of them are from the group chat. There are side bets going on in case you want to win a little money on the side. We were always talking screen counts, getting the latest updates. We did do something different this week as far as we've added, um, <clears throat> well, I decided to share a little bit of my methodology with you all. I'm now sharing the actual spreadsheet, the ones that make their, their appearance on, on, on this, pod, this very podcast, sharing the spreadsheet. Um, <clears throat> and by that, I mean uh, this right here. This is how I plot out the salaries and, and keep up with the screen counts or anything every week. Uh, it's basically what we go off of, and if you are, I don't know, if you're really swift with Excel, you might even be able to figure out an optimizer to figure out the optimal, you know, uh, uh, call sheet to, to submit. Uh, <clears throat> I'm looking at you, Jaybird. Anyways, uh, so yeah, so so definitely make sure you do, do your research. If you can, join the, the group chat. It is free. Um, we have had uh, previous guests who uh, <clears throat> on the show who have you know kind of peeked in the spreadsheet and actually I'm a little bit sad because I thought this would be the week that, uh, that our girl Kiana KP Kiana Pat who's the the guest from last week we this, I thought this would be the week where she where she'd break through where she'd be in the money and it turns out that you beat her out by point one zero points how do you feel awesome <laughs> it's a win it's going straight to the pay window. All right, so here we are on the spreadsheet. Take a look at some of these values. Oh, and so basically, this is the section that we call the shot list. That's right. And the first part of the shot list is the A list, and these are actors you will definitely want on your call sheet. And the first one of that, I would say, would be, I mean, it, this is this is probably if if it weren't for Labor Day weekend coming up uh, soon, which is always the worst weekend for yeah. uh, for movies. 
I would say this is probably the worst weekend of the movies this year. It is terrible. But so in, in the spirit of that, I'm going to say, hmm, let's see. Hold on one second. Okay. Uh, let's say yeah, Ryan Reynolds, damn it. Ryan Reynolds from The Hitman's Bodyguard. So this is basically a repeat from last week's shot list. And only because it ain't broke, don't fix it. Made $21 million this weekend. It's going to lose half its audience. It's still going to make, which means it'll still make about $10 million or 10 points in wide release. And to be honest with you, I mean, there's nothing really wide releasing that's that inspirational or inspiring. I mean, you know, if, it ain't, if it ain't broke, don't, you know, don't fix it. So. Ryan Reynolds' first one on the A-list. And also, I think this has sleeper potential. We've seen this movie before. It's called Terminator 2, Judgment Day. But they're re-releasing it in 3D. Uh, where are they showing it in 3D? Is it like totally IMAX, or is it just like any theater that has 3D or what? That's a good question. Well, it's, I think it's exclusively in 3D. Uh, and I counted 254 uh, theaters on movie phone. So, I, I mean, it could, be, it could be larger, it could be smaller. By kind of 254, so it's going to be a very solid platform release. Uh, and I mean, platform release can be kind of you know iffy week to week, but as far as like potential, I mean, it's not going to do like a ton of money, but this this could eke out like a million, million and a half, which is good for 15 points. This could be our highest producing uh, film in the game next week. Uh, I, I definitely think you're going to get people who are nostalgic for the original Terminator series who are going to go out there and see it. So, um, if it if it were to get over two million, I would not be surprised. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so keep your eye out for Linda Hamilton, seventy two hundred Terminator Two Judgment Day three D. Uh, it might just be a hidden value right there. Uh, Co-starring. It's the next part of the shot list, and these are some values that you may want to look out for this weekend. Uh, Aubrey Plaza, Ingrid Goes West. I saw the trailer for Ingrid Goes West, and I laughed my tail off. I want to see this movie. Uh, I think it's expanding a little bit more. Aubrey Plaza is, of course, the very droll uh, April Ludgate from Parks and Rec. She's awesome. Kind of cutie, too. It's just, it sounds really weird, offbeat sense of humor. I mean, it's basically about fan stalking. Elizabeth Olsen, probably the hardest working indie <laughs> actor right now. She's all, she's doing pulling double duty in the talent pool this week. As She's also uh, headlining or co-headlining uh, Wind River. She's here for 6300. Ingrid Goes West. You can pick either Elizabeth or Aubrey for both 300 or both. It's a platform release. The reason why I like this film so much, besides the trailer was awesome, is that based off of last weekend's per screen average, you know how I love me some per screen average, uh, based off of last weekend's per screen average, it was second overall, $10,284 per theater. And so even if you have that with by expanding into 127 more screens, and that's you know, once again, I kind of counted them up via movie phone, so this, you know, I can't say exactly how many screens it's going to be on, but that's my guess. Uh, if, it, uh, if you're on 127 screens at an average of 5,000 per screen, you're looking at over 600,000 in box office at one point per 100,000 in platform release per actor. That's over six points, so almost that's 6.35 points with the headliner bonus. Hold for the math. There you go. It's almost nine points. Oh, and it's going to be a weekend where you very may well see a winning score come from like 100 points or less. It's going to be a terrible weekend at the box office. So just brace yourselves, y'all. Brace yourselves. And, and like I mentioned to uh, 
to, to Julian. You know, I mean, you might have to ignore the estimates over the weekend because we're still working out the kinks in that. My bad. Uh, but, you know, wait, hold for the final scoring. Hold for the announcement on Twitter and Facebook that, you know, the, the final scores are in because it does take me that long to do hand scoring. Oh, I love it. Hand scoring. Yay. Uh, <laughs> also uh, in co-starring will be Jacqueline Fernandez from A Gentleman. Now, this is a new movie. This is an Indian movie. And look, we've been burned. We've been burned recently by some of these Indian movies. This one I have confidence going to perform. It's already saying it's going to be on 135 screens. Um, and our whole, I mean, I'm not sure if you stuck around for this. I might have covered this in our basic strategy guide. If you haven't watched basic strategy guide, I highly recommend it. Uh, is it where is it? Is it on here? Yeah, so you, if you go onto the to, to the the landing page at cinemadraft.co, we have a very nice handy playlist with some of the things you need to know about the game. And under basic strategy guide, it's basically me going on for about 18 minutes about the best practices on how to get good at this game. But anyways, um, something we might have covered in the basic strategy guide is how some of these movies, um, some of these foreign movies, based on the density of of either the population in the United States or in proximity, like say the Mexican American community or, or based off of just overall density of the country, like India, almost a billion people, or maybe over a billion people by now, I'm not sure. I mean, may give you a clue to how well these movies will perform at the North American box office. So a gentleman, Sundar, Sushil, Risky. <laughs> That's so weird. Uh, I'm putting that as a possible sleeper value you might want. Uh, it's only 5600 for Jacqueline or her co-headliner Siddharth Malhotra. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm ready. To, I'm ready to take a risk this weekend. Hell, I mean, it's going to be a terrible weekend. It's going to take an un unconventional uh, call sheet to win. So that, that that's that might be my my three F my foreign my uh, my foreign focus film of the week. Foreign focus film of the week. Three Fs. All right. Yeah, three Fs. And and then the cutting room floor, skip these losers. The emoji movie. Why are you still here? God dang it. And this movie is just too wide for its own good. Look at it. It's it's gonna well, it may dip just into limited release. God, I hate this movie. It's so I mean, no one sees this movie, but yet it's in the mix every week. But this might finally be the week where it needs to be on the cutting room floor of your call sheet construction. And then despicable me. Which actually I haven't seen yet. I need to go see this movie. I love this pick with me one and two. Nah. Uh, <laughs> you're like, nah. Uh, but I mean, it's hanging around. It's not quite doing Wonder Woman like numbers, but it's it, this is another movie that really should, if you want to get any play out of it, it should be platform. It's still going to be on over a thousand screens most likely, which totally takes out of play for a limited release. Any other movies or a strategy you're looking out for this weekend? Um, so tell you what, for, for, for this coming weekend, um, I'm still going to have on my call sheet um, the Dark Tower, which I, have not, which I have not seen yet. Okay, now is that a sentimental pick, or is there some strategy behind this? <laughs> it's a sentimental pick. Uh, you know, I, I have a feeling that um, you know, at, at the end of my call sheet, when I'm looking for um, some cheapies, that might be the one to to come up with, especially because uh, I'm still going to go with Hitman's Bodyguard. Okay, fair enough. And so, and let's, and because I want everyone to be good and I want everyone to excel, well, let's let's actually do a call sheet in real time, just, just basing off of some of the stuff that we've talked about right now. Uh, and so, basically, you're going to go into the lobby, the upcoming tab. There we go. I deleted my call sheet, the background talents. Let's take a quick look. And now, stuff does change throughout the week. I definitely try to keep it updated. It will definitely help you out, to be honest with you, if you have access to 
do the actual spreadsheet. It makes getting around a lot easier. Definitely take advantage of this if you can. And, and if you want to, uh, and to access the spreadsheet, I do give access to it in this week's newsletter when it came out this morning or Tuesday morning. Also, you can go to our corporate blog, Medium, medium.com slash at Cinema Draft. That's where you can find all of our stories. And I have it linked to uh, tournament results. That is, actually, no, I'm sorry, the tournament results from last week. I'm gonna figure out a home, quite honestly, for where we can put these on. I maybe it might actually be on. Uh, where is it? Here we go. It might actually be on. Is it the weekend preview? The call sheet of the week? No, it's not on there. Anyways, <clears throat> we'll figure out a home for it moving forward so that you can access it easily off-site as well. But basically, if I'm looking at if I'm looking at this weekend construction, I'm looking at is probably going to have some. So basically, <clears throat> I have a big thing about replacement value. I'm not sure if you've been listening to some of the some of the the recent uh, podcasts or strategy podcasts, but I'm really big about replacement value. And long and short, it is basically what is the replacement value of an actor versus another actor in another film, you know, for a point. So if we think that the replacement value on a call sheet this week is roughly going to be about 10 points because we know the, the there's no real big hitters coming out this weekend. The If we're looking at a repeat for the success of Hitman's Bodyguard from last weekend, then we're only looking at about maybe 10 to 12 points. So anything that we're working on this weekend, we're going to aim for can this beat 10 to 12 points. So so going with what we know already, I think a headliner stack of Hitman's Bodyguard is a good start. Because if it drops by 50%, you're still looking at 10 and a half, 11 points, plus the headliner bonus, you're looking at about maybe 15 points, right? So 15 points can be kind of hard to beat, but on a value basis, how much you're getting per salary spent, right. you know, where, where else do you think we can we can try to find some value, Julian? Oh, let me see. Um, we can probably find some more value uh, not in Planet of the Apes. Um, <laughs> no, that's definitely dead. Uh, what, what do you think about Wind River? When, does, does Wind River have any any life in it? It did. What did it do per screen average? Per screen, it did. It did pretty well. Forty two hundred per screen. Six, almost seven hundred screens. It might stay the same or expand slightly. Um, 2.97 million. That's basically six points ish. With a headliner, it gets you up to about maybe nine points. Eh, it might just be a little bit below the threshold. Um, where else could get, so I think some good value might be able to be had. Dunkirk just keeps chugging along. What is it? What's what's the price on Annabelle? Oh, you know, actually, that great. You know, a great point. Annabelle actually has held pretty well. I will say this though. Here's a caveat with Annabelle. One thing I've noticed with horror movies, and the price of Annabelle starts at ten thousand, goes up to ten thousand nine hundred for Miranda Otto as a headliner. Thing about horror movies is that they're really strong their first two weekends. They tend to drop off after that. But it's such a dead weekend. I mean, it did fifteen million this weekend. Even if you lose like half of that, you're still looking at like eight or nine points with a headliner bonus. You know what? I like that's a good call, Julian. Let's let's go with some Annabelle. That actually might be uh, a source of some some really. Uh, Let's say cheap points, but cheaper than Hitman's Bodyguard. Let's do some Annabelle. Yeah, it's, it's it's five grand, five grand a piece for your headliner, so that gives you an extra ten grand to work with. And then that yeah, five grand cheaper. Yes, yeah, so let's get let's lock in these headliners. And actually, I might do. Let's see. Let's do, let's get the let's get a couple of these cheapies down here too. What what are we looking at for for um, how Spider Man Homecoming? How's that? What's our prices on actors for that one? Well, that's a, you know that's a and so now we've got twenty seven three hundred left so one two three four slots left so basically 
Uh, why am I so bad at math? About seven, just under seven thousand a slot, I believe. No, got him. Four thousand. You got about twenty. You got twenty, twenty-seven, three hundred left. Uh, you probably need to go for a limited release like Lucky Logan or. Well, actually, Logan. Uh, actually, it's Logan Lucky is actually still wide release and did so bad this past weekend. And that's a good movie. I reviewed it um, uh, earlier uh, today or, or late last night. It's a good movie, but it just hasn't caught on. So we might need to avoid Logan Lucky. But we did definitely need a limited release around here somewhere. You know, here's a wild card. Might I interest you in All Saints? The only reason why I say that is that every year, three or four times a year, one of these faith-based films pops out of nowhere in limited release and just does bonkers business. Now, you know I, can't... I, oh, I think we've had that already this year with um, the cabin or the, the something, cabin in the woods. That wasn't it. You know? no, no, that's not faith-based. But no, <laughs> and so let me see. Let's take, let me take a look at all saints on hsx.com. That's the Hollywood stock exchange.com. Sometimes they'll provide some guidance on how movies will perform. All right, so they're predicting about a $4.2 million opening. In this limited release, that's actually pretty strong. It actually gets it to replacement level of 10 points. That might not be too bad, because if you're looking at 4.2 million, essentially times two, because you're getting one point per 500,000 in limited release, that's 8.4 points times the 40% bonus. So you're looking at about 12 points. You know what, damn it, I'm gonna I'm a, I'm a drink the Kool-Aid. Let's get us some All Saints, Dan. Let's get us a couple headliners here. Uh, let's see what that leaves us. It leaves us with how much we have left. Twelve thousand left, so a little over six thousand per film left. Can we squeeze in a third? Dragon. Where does that put us? Oh, the, oh, you know what? The dragon one. I, I don't. I, my prospects for Birth of a Dragon aren't really high, and I'll tell you why. Because Birth of a Dragon is once again. This is on a Tuesday night before we've had a chance to look at. Our projections from Box Office Pro, oh, Birth of a Birth of the Dragon. Sorry, Birth of the Dragon. There we go. It's looking at like a less than four million dollar open in wide release. That is terrible. If it does slide into limited release, it's in play. But right now, going off what we know, which is a two thousand screen release, that uh, I, I can't do it, bro. I can't do it. Um, what if we do? Let's see if we can squeeze out one more All Saints fifty four hundred left. Okay, that's perfect. So then. We what can. We, we need, You want to take a chance on the Indian movie? Absolutely. Think so. Right. It, it's either Step or the Indian movie. I think I like the Indian movie. 135 screens. That's plenty of screens. Can we get the Indian movie for? Can we get a headliner from the Indian movie? That's what I want to see. Uh, Step has been out for a few weeks now. It was in very limited release earlier. Uh, I think it just came out. Maybe it's been in theaters the past two weeks in a wider release. Uh, I, I don't think it's really going to do that much. So, well, so we had a dilemma. This will put us 2000 2, over, just about. Ah, uh, decisions are two hundred dollars over. Yeah, we're two hundred over. Do we get rid of all Saints or something else? Is there anything else for sixty eight hundred that we like? Because I definitely want to get that headliner bonus just in case this movie flops or doesn't report at all, which is terrible. In case, and for those who are new to the game, if a movie does not report, then we just assign it the minimum score, which is one point per a non-headliner and 1.40 points per headliner. That burned us this past week with uh, the toilet movie. <laughs> um, well, what do we have here for uh, Carrie O'Malley and Talitha Bateman? Talitha? Uh, Bateman. Uh, well, I'm sorry. Uh, what, what movie was that? Let me see if I can trade. Oh, it was, that's Annabelle. That, that's too expensive. We can't afford that. So, um, were to are they like on the lower end of the list as far as cost goes, or? 
Well, I mean, so we're if we have only 6,800 left, I'm trying to figure out what what makes sense that we could. You know, let's do Wind River. Damn it, Wind River. <laughs> if we if we get a headline from Wind River, that still could get us about six or seven points. This is a culture that can still win. I, you know, obviously this is subject to change. I often change my mind on the day of, but I like this call sheet. This is a, this is a winning type of call sheet. And this general construction, I think, is set up for success. You got some exposure to the top movies from the weekend, from last weekend and the previous two weekends. You got uh, some slight exposure to the Indian movie. And then you got a faith-based film, which you never, you never know with these movies. They can come out the box. So right. I, I like it uh, on a points per per value basis, this one could could possibly compete for Call Sheet of the Week. And and hopefully this will give you like a head start on on where you can go for for value when you're constructing your own call sheet. Because I love the fact you got that on the week of the podcast. You're gonna guess our podcast for the first time. You made the money for the first time. So I love it. Keep up the good work, Julian. Try like to, to break the top five, man. Try to break the top five. There you go. Yes. All right, so our over-under this week, Hitman's Body. Oh, actually, I didn't do an over-under this week. Gosh, I was just zooming right through this uh, <laughs> through this game. So I'll make up an over-under on the fly because there's, I mean, actually, you know, we're skipping the over-under this week. There's nothing worth over-undering this week. Everything has been projected that's new this weekend, like $5 million or not. It's a terrible weekend for movies. So we're skipping I the over-under. I say that we over-under the Bruce Lee movie. Really? Okay, so. How about the, for the dragon? All right, so so what so what over th- throw it out there? What over under you want to do? Uh, this is uh, first in podcast history, a guest over under Chemical Julian, the official science guy. Give it, drop some knowledge, drop some science. What's the over under for this week? Ah, uh, so the over under. Uh, I believe that the dragon will bring in You know, HSX said uh, 3.88, almost 4. Yep. I, I think it'll make 4. <laughs> okay. All right. The, the podcast lowest over under yet. 4 million. Will it crack, go over 4 million or under 4 million? I'm inclined to say it's going to go under 4 million. It's going to be. I, I haven't heard anyone talking about this. I've seen like maybe two commercials for it, and I watch everything. So it'll be interesting to see. It'll be very interesting to see the results it's from the last poll. out there. So are so are you are you over? Yes, I'm going for the over. Okay, you have it. We have it on wax. Uh, Julian's over. I am <laughs> under four million for yes. Birth of the Dragon, the Bruce Lee movie. Uh, results from the last poll. Um, did I do this right? Uh, Hitman's Bodyguard. Oh yeah, fifty-three percent picked over fifteen million for Hitman's Bodyguard, including myself. Surprise, surprise, was actually right. It uh, got twenty-one million on its opening weekend, so it, it performed admirably. Uh, and we will see how our lowest yet over under shall perform. Uh, Birth of the Dragon, four million dollars over under. I sh- I will make a note to myself to set it up tonight after we wrap up the podcast. Okay, <laughs> another one bites the dust. We're gonna bring this sucker in for a landing. Where can you find Cinema Draft? You can go to cinemadraft.co. That is cinemadraft.co and sign up for for the free beta. It is free to play. We're offering over $260 a week in cash prizes. Definitely follow us on all of our social media. We're on the Twitters. We're on the Facebooks. We're covered blogs at Medium. We even have a Pinterest board, damn it. Just follow us. Subscribe to the podcast anywhere you get your fine podcasts. SoundCloud. Uh, what was the SoundCloud, Stitcher? What, what's my my favorite podcast addict? We're everywhere. Go, go Podcast uh, addict is awesome. Yes, you, you subscribe wherever 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 you can. Uh, once again, the game 
starts at 10 p.m. Thursday evenings uh, Pacific time. We have theater lock. That is when we lock in the screen types and uh, sorry, the release types and the screen counts for the weekend. That is at 6 p.m. Pacific time. So if you set up a call sheet before then, make sure you double check your call sheet to make sure it's valid and is running. Or you might want to tweak your strategy after all of the screen counts are accounted for and release types are locked in. Game starts once again at 10 p.m. Pacific time, ends sometime Monday evening whenever I push through my hand scoring pray for a brother, usually sometime around 6 or 7 p.m. Pacific time. And Julian, you've been a great guest. Thanks so much for being on the pod. Anything you want to plug, plug your ish. Oh, well, thanks for having me. And what am I going to plug? Uh, hey, um, I have no, I'm not going to plug my company because, you know, they'll probably be like, hey, don't be doing that. So <laughs> right. I'm going to go with, if you're like me and the weather's cooling off and you got like your Saturday mornings, your Sunday mornings kind of open, alltrails.com. You can go ahead and search for all the best hiking trails in your area. You can put the filter in, determine like which ones are animal friendly or dog friendly, which ones have rivers, lakes, and all that kind of stuff. So go to alltrails.com. Go find yourself a nice hike. Go enjoy the fresh air and the great outdoors. Um, also, one of my best friend, uh, childhood friends, Nicholas O'Donnell, his band is called The Pearls. Go check out thepearls.band on any Google browser that you've got. And wow, they got a dot band? That's it. You've got a dot band. Okay. And also, got something on your mind, kind of feeling blue, kind of feeling down, please don't feel afraid to uh, step to one of the friends of the podcast and go to um, the Words of Wellness blog by our very own Nicole Ward, LMFT.com. Oh, fam helping fam. I like it. The official, although she says unofficial, the official therapist of the pod, Nicole Ward. We'll be, and actually, we'll be seeing uh, them back to the fan pod. They will be back September 5th for another recording. So look, keep on the lookout for that after uh, your Labor Day weekend, which, of course, will probably be the worst box office weekend of the year. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks again, Julian. You've been great. Get an extra air horn for that. Thanks, everybody, for listening, watching, subscribing. Spread the word. The more people who play, the longer we can play this out and get more sponsorships and prizes. And y'all know what to do. Between now and the next podcast, go see a movie or something. Watch see a movie or something.